this podcast is just our opinions and facts gathered on the internet, and we do not wish to offend or cause any harm. Quick apology for mistakes we make in this podcast, whether it's saying the wrong thing, getting our facts wrong, or a bad pronunciation of names, cities, and etc. We also do not have the equipment yet, and we're calling over FaceTime overseas. Therefore, please excuse our sound quality, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to Alex Taylor. And this is Carl Moore, and you're listening to Alex and Carl's Agency Convo. Today we'll be discussing the importance of representation and the negative effects of bad representation after we give you a five-minute rundown of the past week's full news. A cover by Kara. Take it over. Thanks, Alex. So, after a turbulent year, OnlyFans is getting a new CEO. OnlyFans creator Sim Stokely said on Monday that he will stand down as CEO of the video subscription service. After five years at the leadership of the firm, Stokely announced on Instagram that he is moving on to other challenges. OnlyFans' new CEO will be um, Amalpali Gan. <laughs> so sorry. And that was completely incorrect. Um, who joined the company as its chief, uh, chief marketing and communications officer last year? Um, Thai, uh, Thai authorities announced on Thursday that they had discovered crystal meth with a market worth about $3 million hidden inside uh, boxing punch bags heading for Australia. According to Thai and Australian officials investigating the case, customs agents scrutinized the consignment after becoming suspicious of the Thai-made training equipment, which is not high in demand in Australia. The, the, the narcotics, often known as ICE, weighed more than 193 kilograms, or 425 pounds, um, and were stashed in 15 separate bags. A Thai customs inspector, surrounding, surrounded by cameras, ripped through a lengthy cardboard box and the crimson outer covering the bo- of the boxing bag, revealing the narcotics hidden amid the stubbing. Acting uh, Superintendent Joel Carthers of the Australian Border Force claimed Australia's consumers around consumes around 11 tons of meth per year. Australian Border Force acting Superintendent Joel Carthens said, uh, "So there's a market for it, and disrupting it off shores in countries such as Thailand is fantastic." Well, wow, I didn't. Oh, I think we covered. Uh, I think we also, I think you, for the five, uh, for the front end last week, you also did, um, uh, it was like they were hiding drugs in orange juice boxes. Like yeah. orange juice boxes. <laughs> yeah. People are getting, they're getting so much more creative because there's like ways that people stop these, um, illegal transportations. Yeah, definitely. So a fire ripped through a launch of the Shigada, um, Shiganda River in Bangladesh, killing at least 38 people, an official said on Friday. We have recovered 38 bodies so far, said Kalam Hussain Bunyan, an officer fire off, um, a senior fire officer in Jakalti's southern district, where the tragedy occurred at 3 a.m. local time. The fire occurred in the engine room of the launch, which was traveling from Dhaka to Bagunda through Jakalti, according to uh, Bunyanda. Boyan. I'm so sorry for my pronunciation through the whole five-minute news. I'm not very good at it. 
So um, according to Zohar Ali, the county's um, district administrator, the death toll may rise higher because more than 50 people have not been brought to hospitals, with some passengers still missing and others in serious condition. The cause of the fire remains unknown at the time. Um, so because tragic. of jury... Sorry. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to say it was so tragic. And um, we give you... Uh, we I wish you my condolences and that I think our condolences condolences yeah. I'm not good today either. It's been great. Well, your pronunciation was great. Don't doubt yourself. Are you sure? Because I think everyone else may disagree with you. You're trying. So okay, there you go. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. So, because the jury failed to reach a judgment in its first week of deliberation, Elizabeth Holmes' fate in her criminal fraud trial would not be decided before Christmas. The jury of eight men and four women ended its deliberations. Thursday, soon after 3 p.m. local time, following more than 20 hours of discussion over week, um, three days this week, on Monday morning, the jury will begin deliberations. Jurors uh, expressed curiosity in how Theranos' former CEO and founder sold investigators while operating the bankrupt blood testing firm earlier on Thursday. If you have not heard of this case of Elizabeth Holmes yet, then be sure to watch the documentary on it. It's called The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. But basically the premise of it was this um, woman, uh, this girl, sorry, this woman, um, Elizabeth Holmes, uh, dropped out of college to um, start a blood testing firm called Theranos, where instead of having your blood tested like, you know how you have to, like, do, like, the whole tubing and take up, like, a decent amount of blood. She thought of how you could just do a finger prick and just get, like, one or two drops of blood. And they have, like, amazing technology on how um, they can um, test the blood for any diseases or any kind of tests that you want. And instead of taking days, it would take a couple hours only, and it was super accurate. But then they kind of started realizing that um, it was, like, a super big fraud. And I think at the end of the thing, um, Theranos was worth over, like, $9 billion. And then they kind of found out that everything was fake. They were giving their, like, patients fake um, results and stuff. And it was just, like, super big. I think it's been going on for, like... The trial's been going on for like six years or something. Yeah. But definitely watch the documentary. It's like super interesting. All right. So the next one, moving on. So official numbers reveal that the rising number of Omicron cases has pushed COVID rates to new highs in England, with one in 35 people infected across the country and one in 20 in London. The Office for National Statistics estimate that over 3% of the population, or um, 1,544,600 people in England, has COVID between December 13 and 19, based on random swab tests done in the community with infections rates higher than previous weeks in all areas except for the Southwest. Trump spokesman Taylor Bledowich on Friday sued the House Select Community investigating the January 6th riot to prevent it from obtaining his financial documents from J.P. Morgan, which is also the name of the lawsuit. I don't actually understand how lawsuits work and why they have to make it sound like they're people, but, you know, there's that. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, like, it makes no sense. But um, I guess it sounds cool when you say it. Yeah, I so, guess so. 
Butterwich and other Trump allies uh, involved in planning Stop the Seal rallies, including the Ellipse in Washington, D.C., before the U.S. Capitol attack were subpoenaed by the committee last month. According to the lawsuit, um, Butterwich cooperated with the subpoena, subpoena producing, producing almost 1,700 pages of record, records and delivering about four hours uh, of sworn testimony, and that was in quotes. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the United States has added eight additional tourist locations to its highest risk category, Finland, Lebanon, um, and the country uh, <coughs> and the country that was the world's most visited until COVID came along among them. Lebanon. Them. Lebanon. What did I say? Lebanon. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Lebanon. Um. On Monday, the microstates of Monaco and San Marino, two of the world's richest countries, were upgraded from unknown to level four, the greatest level of risk. At sea, things aren't much better. During a week-long Caribbean cruise uh, earlier this month, over 50 individuals tested positive for coronavirus, and two ships this week recorded COVID cases and missed ports of call. Wow. it's no, You know how you, like, think that it's gonna get better and then it doesn't get better but oh, then it does get better my gosh, every time like okay we're going back to normal now okay that's really nice and then a new variant pops up yeah it's just how it is isn't it it's never gonna it's like it's so different everywhere in the week yeah so a little positive news on the covid and just like we were literally just talking about it. it's bad somewhere it's a little better somewhere else so just kind of stick with it we're gonna get through this together so this week there um is some uh news for southern africa some good news for southern africa uh following the discovery of omicron in south africa in late november the u.s expects to relax travel restrictions on uh eight nations within the area soon yay yeah at least it's, it's getting better somewhere it's not getting great somewhere else but yeah, it's fine. We'll, we'll all get through this together, and eventually we will be able to live life like we did before. Yeah. Oh. I think, yeah, definitely. Okay, well. Right, let's move on to the topic. This, yeah. this part is where I'm getting excited. So today's topic, like all the others, is, again, super interesting. Why do we call every topic interesting? Because it is. But like, because it is. But yeah, because like it is. It's Maybe just, it's interesting to us because it's also like a learning experience for us as well as you guys. I mean, there are so many other words we can describe it as, you know, very intriguing. Educational. Intriguing. Yeah, fascinating. Exceptional. I don't know. But like, interesting it is, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think not talked about. Not talked about. Great. Yeah. Um, so today we'll discuss the importance of representation and the negative effects of bad representation, where um individuals of color and women are stereotyped in the media as violent criminals, the help, terrorists, submissive characters, overly sexualized beings, uneducated people, and more or less other groups considered to be less of value and importance. Um, in movies, TV shows, books, and all forms of media, not excluding non-fictional news and documentaries. 
Let's discuss examples and some history as well of misrepresentation, which we'll go into further detail later. So, um, wait, no, now we'll go into further detail now. So in the early 18th century, plays, books, and such portrayed African-Americans as uneducated, clownish, and animalistic. I think this is still continued to this day. Um, I, I can see, especially in news stories where, um, especially when white people commit a crime, they're seen like happy with their families and like very innocent like whilst um african americans get their mugshot online and i think that's a huge difference even oh, what was that QAnon dude called uh-huh the, the uh, like the um, the guy with the horns no the guy who killed his children Oh yeah. His photo. I don't remember his, his photo name. on the news it was literally him with his children, like whom he killed, like him with his children who he killed. Honestly, it just doesn't make sense to me because they should be given their the mug shot treatment as well. Just very un. Um. Anyways, furthermore, African Americans were denied the chance to even represent themselves, like play themselves on stage as whites carried out blackfacing which is where they paint themselves to with paint to appear darker um yeah or whitewashing even yeah and well not really because they're like exaggerated stereotypical oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's very very degrading it's reinforcing white supremacy and displaying displaying so much disrespect and to this day african americans are still being portrayed violent, bad, uneducated, and more. And they also appear less on screens, especially as main characters. I mean, they should be appearing more because they do represent part of that society and we should be able to see them more. It's not just the wife that live in, live on this earth. So anyways, additionally, Latinas... Yeah, and also, oh, yeah. sorry, I just had another example that I remembered was that... um. Uh, the film Black Panther, which was the first ever Marvel film that featured a black actor, black character as a main character, was released only in 2018. Yeah. And Marvel has been around for so long as well. And Black Panther was probably one of the most uh, famous uh, comics within the Marvel universe as well. And it was released, like, pretty, it was really recent as well. It took them so long to release that. And that film was so good. And it's still not... Yeah, it was pretty... It was badass. The characters were incredible. Yeah, but it's still not, like, as as celebrated as other, like, white-led films, you know? Yeah. So that sucks. Um, so another stereotypical role that I would like to discuss is Latinas, how they are often casted as being crazy, insane, and hot-headed, oh, sorry, hot-headed, um, as well as overly sexualized. And I think there's an example, you know, Gloria, oh, you haven't watched Modern Family, but Gloria Pritchett of The Modern Family, she's described as exactly that. And who she played by? Uh, Gloria Pritchett. Oh, I, Sophia Vergara. She's so sweet. Anyways. Oh, I love... She's hilarious. She's funny. And 
I don't know, I just don't like this stereotype. I don't like any stereotypes, but I do really love the show Modern Family. It's like my childhood, basically, but it's still very, eh. you know, it, it does have some bad elements to it because it does like overly stereotype the gays as well. And just, I don't like stereotyping, as you can tell. And these are a few examples I can think of, but is there any more you want to add, Tara? Uh, I can't think of anything at the top of my head, but I, I guess I, this could be completely incorrect, um, but I uh, kind of, it, it, um, I don't know how to say this, like, uh, it's almost like a, a lot of black female characters usually um, who played like the sidekick, um are seen to be portrayed as like the sassy friend and that's kind of like the only quality they have i could be completely wrong but that's just what i was thinking one thing i want to add is like them they're also the sidekicks and never (laughs) the main character which is so sad okay um Inclusion and fair representation of women, African Americans, Hispanics, Asians, LGBTQs, and disabled individuals are also terrible. <laughs> In all, 29.2% of all characters were from unrepresented racial slash ethnic groups, which is significantly lower than the United States Census, 38.7%, and the country's um and according to USC's Annenberg School of Com- Communication uh, from 900 Movies. And that is that is so low because 29.2% is so much lower than the 38.7% that should be represented in movies. Anyway. Yeah, and even like 38.7% isn't like a very high number. And even like reducing that down to 29% as well. It's almost a 10% difference. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, furthermore, in 2017, only 2 out of 10 leading actors, or 19.8%, were people of color, according to the UCLA Hollywood Diversity Report. I mean, 2 out of 10. That's very upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's really low. 2 out of 10. 38.7%. Or, I mean... It's so much lower than that, too. Like, it's lower than 29.2%, and now it's, like, 19.8%, so very upsetting. Um, As a result of this underrepresentation, detrimental beliefs and harmful opinions may emerge. Media has had a huge influence on children as they develop their beliefs and behavior, as well as teenagers as they search for their identity and their place in society, as we all know. And according to a Forbes article, general media can exacerbate racial tensions and have a negative impact on confidence and self-esteem. The author explains how racial and gender biases in popular media correspond with decreasing self-esteem for girls and black boys as predicted in a study of prolonged television exposure. And as a result... Well, I mean, a lack of representation is terrible. Misrepresentation is a serious problem with serious ramifications. In my opinion, I feel that misrepresentation is worse than lack of representation because if they don't do it right, they cause more harm. 
Um, Syria yeah, is a good example of this. And according to the Arab Film and Media Institute, stereotyping is when racial, ethnic, gender, sexual, religious, or other identities are used to make assumptions or judgments about others. Yeah. Yeah, I think that you're right. I think it's I think it's equally both equally as bad, but then um, having incorrect misorientation, I think, is probably worse because it just is not confusing, I guess, but it's just like wrong and it's like misinformation, basically. And we see how dangerous misinformation was um, and still is. And we also kind of covered misinformation in our COVID conspiracy episode I just remembered. It was amazing. And yeah, I feel like this just adds to like police brutality and other things that really add to our societal problems. Um, And I just, I really don't like this, but I feel like for me, stereotyping probably comes out of just a single story being told and media focusing on that. And media plays a huge role in this. So if they focus on that single side of one like race, one ethnicity and such, it creates a picture of that, which is hard to erase. I think that picture will last for a long time. And we can see that because those like stereotypes have still that are like had that have been created hundreds and hundreds of years ago they have not been erased and they have still continued to take a strong place in society to this day yeah i think that is such an interesting point that you bring up because i've recently been wondering during um the topic that you've been talking about uh where stereotyping actually like starts and um like how we even like have it in the first place because like I will be completely honest I'm a victim not victim I'm also someone that uh has stereotyped people before mm-hmm. and I realize it's bad but it's almost like subconsciously mm-hmm. and I mean that's a really interesting point that you brought up yeah honestly I feel like we're all at some point in our lives have stereotyped people before and that's no that's also an interesting point because we do it subconsciously and it's just so like it's it's so programmed deep into like our brains and stuff that we just do it without thinking i mean in no way shape or form is that like an ex- like we're not trying to make an excuse mm-hmm. for like the things we did wrong it's just it's like yeah i mean i realize i'm stereotyping people i didn't but i never actually like realize until like afterwards yeah and then you feel bad. Okay, moving on. Yeah, and then you're like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Stereotypes in the media are frequently false and negatively characterize underrepresented, underrepresented. I can't say this word. I don't know why. Underrep, underrepres, underrepresented groups, individuals from the stereotype group, as well as other members of society might easily internalize these erroneous portrayals. Overall, it has an impact on global opinion and society perceptions of underrepresented groups. And tokenism and typecasting are further defined by the Arab Film and Media Institute. 
tokenism occurs when members of minority groups are included solely to create the illusion of a diverse setting. And I think I've seen this so many times. And this is this well-known strategy does not imply equal representation, but rather a denigrating concept that uses minority characters to achieve a goal. Oh my god, that is so interesting. I have never thought of that. Right. I, 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 wow, that's, that's crazy. Has that actually been done? Yeah, tokenism happens all the time. I can't think of an example right now. But if you see, like, characters that are just there, minority characters, I guess, that mm, that's just there to create. Oh, I can see it, though, you know? Like Bridgerton? Well, kind of. No, but one of the main characters is black, so I guess not. Well, no. Well, I think... Bridgerton is an example of it because it does use like black characters, but it it's very whitewashed, you know. Yeah, the also the book has very racist undertones because yeah. um one of our favorite YouTubers, Jack Edwards, I think he did a review on that. Uh, and yeah, definitely. And oh, I just I feel like learning about this and researching this topic has made me look at movies so much differently just everything seems so different now you know it's just mm. great anyways um in typecasting in the entertainment industry typecasting happens when people are frequently cast in parts based on their ability to fit a stereotype this frequently targets performers for marginalized groups, limiting their opportunities to advance in the business before, beyond conventional roles. Um, I think this is just stereotypes, and once you fall into that, you can never play another character again, if you know what I mean. Because yeah, like, once, once you play a comedy role, or you're gonna like, I feel like all you're gonna get from then on is probably roles involved in like comedic TV shows and sitcoms and stuff. And it's yeah. harder to get like serious, more diverse roles. Yeah, acting as like a, a drama student as well, acting is about like, you have to like try new things. You're like vent venturing on like, your comfort zones like outside of like who you are as a person imagine being cast for for just like being you and like acting and looking like a walking stereotype yeah it's terrible although diversity in a catchphrase in hollywood people of color oh sorry although diversity is a catchphrase in hollywood people of color continue to lag behind white males in terms of full participation better strategies are required in hollywood and establishing responsibility structures such as particular committees or staff roles and recruiting strategies dedicated to raising representation of people of color can really help studios seek to diversify hollywood's employment and content and global employment and content because i mean i hate to admit it but we are all like we're all very influenced by media and Hollywood and by increasing the, by, sorry, by raising representation in Hollywood, I think it will have a global impact on all companies and all jobs and all employments. And according to yeah. research, um, 
yeah, doing so could really assist increase um, ethnic diversity in the workplace, particularly at the executive level. As we all know, because people of color are less likely to hold executive levels and get promoted. Hollywood should hire professionals who have a track record of producing material for people of, people of color and casting them in a variety of roles. Professional recruiters are used by most businesses, and Hollywood should follow suit across the board. Behind the scenes, each city, studio and network should have at least one diverse talent recruiter and a casting director who is trained to discover performance of color and in anti-racial, racist procedures. They should have worked with and recruited people from a variety of backgrounds. And studios should really set employment goals for people of color, and both in front of the camera and behind the scenes, based on their percentage of the U.S. population. According to research, one of the most effective methods to diversify workplaces is to create specific hiring targets focused at increasing proportions of people of color. I mean, new hiring should occur semi-annually or even quarterly, quarterly to increase the amount of people of color in the pipeline. Although many networks organize diversity programs and showcases for underrepresented actors, writers, and directors, networks might even go further by allocating positions to underrepresented groups. Because most diversity writers are fired, from their shows after being hired to fill quotas, current diversity programs need to be improved. As with any other important employee, studios should train, mentor, and provide a lengthier trial period for such recruits. In other words, studios and television networks must place a high enough value on recruiting people of color that they will continue to support them beyond the original hiring phase. Um, and furthermore, studios and networks should re reconsider the term diversity hire as it is typically connected with the stigma of low qualifications or free labor. Oh, this is so interesting. I haven't even thought about like the hiring process of like a di diverse. It's just suggestions, I guess. And I thought it's interesting to tell them because we didn't. We did really di discuss all the things that are going wrong, but these are the things that they should do in terms of making Hollywood and the world a better place, essentially, for and create equality. Yeah. Um, networks and studios must also focus on retention in addition to hiring. They should create networking and mentoring initiatives for people of color, which have been shown to improve retention in studies. They should link new black hires with um, senior executives. This technique has already happened um, in Grey's Anatomy. You know Grey's Anatomy, the medical show? Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to know anything I haven't, about it. I, I haven't watched it. I, I was like, please don't quiz me on it. It's like ABC, and it required that Shonda Rhimes, who had no prior television experience to be paired with more experienced James Perriott. And this 
approach might be used at all levels and positions because such pairings assist only, not only newcomers of color in terms of training and mentorship, but also veterans who are exposed to new viewpoints and ideas. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Hollywood could attract... I guess it is our new catchline. <laughs> Hollywood could attract and keep more diverse talent by creating inclusive social networks. Um, Chris Rock credits his success to famous black performers like Eddie Murphy, Keenan Ivory, Wayans, and Arsenio Hall, who took risks on him. In turn, he assists in the development of other black actors, such as Leslie Jones, and more people of color in important positions and in the pipeline will assist the sector to achieve more racial diversity. In an ever more racially diverse world, Hollywood's ability to include different racial and ethnic groups is pivotal. Industry leaders might take must take full responsibility for diversity pro programs. So, sorry, diversity pro programs? No, diversity problems. And white elites should not hide shortfalls behind the facade of colorblind tolerance. Demographic changes and and an ever-expanding international box office will definitely put pressure on Hollywood to Hollywood to diversity, diversify. I'm so sorry, I cannot read today. But not necessarily to overhaul long-standing racially relevant barriers, unless more concerted efforts are made. As Vi Viola Davis stated in her 2015 Emmy Award acceptance speech, quote, if they exist, if they exist in life, then we should see it on TV. We should see it on stage or on the screen. As many people are out there. No, as many people are out there as, as are as many stories that should be being told. And I think it's good. I love That's her. That's a great end. That's a, that is, that sums it up perfectly. I could, I really wish I could read that more fluently though, because it is the end, but no, I'm so sorry. But yeah, to end it there, I think it's important that Hollywood really diversifies because we're in 2022. No, 20 oh my god, don't yeah. even say that. I can't deal with it. I think it's so important that they really create changes because as we've seen in the statistics, it's so much lower than what it should be. And with the pandemic, yeah. everything, like, I feel like we, we're getting more connected to each other, you know, with, like, Zoom and everything. We've learned to communicate online, and that's, I think, bringing everyone closer. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah. Well, something really should happen. That's all I'm saying here. That's it for today, the topic. And now we're on to the fun end, presented by Kara. The fun end. Woo! Yes. So I'm still slightly reeling from some of the information that I've taken and can't process that yet. <laughs> I so, guess you'll just see things differently now. Yeah, I, I, I feel like my, I feel like I don't, like, I feel like everything is a lie. Like all the movies and TV shows that I've seen that has a diverse um, cast might not even be a diverse cast. It might just be, Token. what is that called? Token? Token. Totem. Tokenism. Well, tokenism. Well, I everything is a lie. The moon landing was a lie. The earth is flat. Yeah. Everything. COVID is a lie. Obviously. 
It's obviously a lie. COVID can be spread through 5G. Everything, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the fun end. So a guy has undergone 30 cosmetic procedures in order to resemble Ricky Martin, the Latin prop, uh, pop god, uh, god, not guard, god, uh, Mar- uh, Mariano Francisco during his repeated attempts to appear like the Puerto Rican singer Javier uh, Invantes confesses to developing an addiction to cosmetic surgery. I realize that this is not funny at all, yeah. but um, because addiction is a really serious thing. Um, uh, he paid 7,290 pounds uh, on Ricky-inspired surgery. Uh, Francisco began his cosmetic uh, quests after someone told him he resembled the 70 million selling singer. For Francisco, pursuing such a such per, uh, perfection has come at a cost, and he is now trying to maintain control over his connection with cosmetic operations. I just thought that it was really uh, interesting that uh, someone told him that he looked like the singer, and then he decided to literally um, pay that amount of money for surgery to look like Ricky Martin. Yeah, I mean... But, like, um, well, floats your boat, right? It's interesting how people get surgeries to look like people, like other people, basically. It's very interesting. Yeah. I think it's great that, that... I wonder if that's ever happened before. And was, I wonder if he was successful. I'm, I'm sure he was. Like, that's a lot of money. If, if it wasn't successful, then that guy needs a refund. Yeah, he does. In- yeah okay that wasn't the best fun end. i feel like you find a much more fun ends than me i don't i don't know why i think it's just i'm just a funny i'll try person. i'll try harder I'm sorry, next time you're just but not that, funny. that was the best i could do you're not funny Kara. you're just not you just have not to when it's admit it that you're not funny and you're a child i win it's point proven Oh, wow. Thank you. I still win, so it doesn't matter. What game? What do you win? The fun end game. Next episode, it's going to be even funnier than that. Okay, it might not be funny this time, but I've been really funny on other episodes. So I think I won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the third one, I mean, not the third one, the first one was really funny. The Coke and Police Officer. Well, it wasn't like funny because like it, someone could have been seriously injured. But yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the mo- oh the drug bounties or something was it? The marijuana. Like they were high, right? Yeah. I think they were like army officers. Anyways, I think that's it for today. Today's episode, and we're ending. So we hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, we'll see you next week and feel free to send us a message. Also, you know what? Send us a message on fun ends you would want us to do. Yes. Oh, please and recommend we us. Have like, to... Please send links to us. It would help us so much because it, it is so hard to find fun ends these days because no one is taking life funnily. No, not seriously. Yeah. I mean, they're just being boring people. Anyways, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Always yours, Alex and Cara. Bye. See you. Bye.